Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Amen. Well, once again, happy Father's Day. I believe God wants to uh, help us in how we see ourselves and how we see others. And it's so important. Um, you might think it's kind of odd. Well, Pastor, you've got other male pastors. Why are you speaking today? Because sometimes I can say something about men that if they said it might be taken wrong. And and then it's like that. So it's a good thing. So I get to say things that uh, it, they'd feel awkward saying. Like, we, we're not, I'm not a, an avid feminist. I, I'm glad to be a woman, and I'm glad you're men. Amen? And so I like that. I like how God made us. I'm happy with it, and you should be happy with it. We should be able to look in the mirror and be happy with what God made. Amen? You know, I had this doctor growing up, a physician, and, and he was always very, very, very kind. And walked me through many things, and, and uh, we had our children. He was the one who delivered them, and he was a really kind man. I just really enjoyed him, and he was always good to us. And he was the, one of the few doctors that even later on when I, I had some gallstones at one point, and he called me at home. And, and, I, I, and this is unheard of today, except that if you've got, you know, you can't see your doctor, but that's a whole other trip. Uh, why you get phone calls from doctors is different than how we got phone calls before. He phoned because he cared. It wasn't a set-up phone appointment. Amen. And, and you know, then I had this a couple of teachers in high school, and they were very good to me. I remember uh, I didn't like our kindergarten teachers so much. Not, not so much. I got in trouble for talking all the time. <laughs> and in those days, they had a long ruler yeah I had experiences with that thing <laughs> and and then I back talked one day and got to meet the principal a little sooner than I should have it was only kindergarten let's say I was off to a good start and uh, about speaking the truth <laughs> and I was sure that that's what I needed to do and and I was correcting and I shouldn't have been correcting I did not have the position to correct at that juncture <laughs> so today I feel that now that I've lived a few years I have an opportunity uh, to do that and to do it better amen <laughs> and not get sent to the well maybe <laughs> but uh, I still have those people who I am accountable to a wonderful doctor, wonderful teacher. I even had an interesting dentist. Now, I remember him. I had some dental work because when I was born, I had quite a few allergies. And so I had some issues with, because I couldn't eat this. And so I had some issues with my teeth. And I can remember, I have this image in my head of this man with very large, large fingers. And probably he didn't. But when we're children, we see things from a certain perspective. And I just thought he had the biggest fingers and hairiest fingers I had ever seen. I told my mom all about, he's got big hairy fingers. To this day, if I close my eyes and think about I can remember that picture. <laughs> Our experiences create pictures. And they, they remind us of certain things. Of dentists, doctors, 
teachers, but all of those, including my father, are not my father. I don't compare my heavenly father or base what I think about him based on my physician. I don't base what I think about his ability to instruct me based on my kindergarten teacher, even though she was kind of weird and she spanked me. Some people think about God that way. He's going to spank me. And so we have created this atmosphere of perception of our Heavenly Father based on our experience with our natural Father. But it's the only case we ever do so. Good morning, everybody. Why didn't we do it with the doctor? Well, we knew he was a doctor. Why didn't we do it with the teacher? Well, we knew he was just a teacher in school. How is it that we put this weight on the men of this world to be our example of how we perceive God? Good question, Pastor. Time we thought about that. We are to look up to heaven and find out who he is by what is written. We are all created in his image. And God wants to make some adjustments of our perceptions, how we experience, how we come to understand our Heavenly Father. Because he is good. When we sing about him being good, there's always this, I feel it in the air. Well, yes, but. And you see, the Father that we often relate more to is the one that lies. How do I know that? Because we will easily doubt rather than believe. And if we're easily doubt, well, I don't know if God will do that. Uh, who's in charge of that word? Good question. Where does doubt come from? Where is its root? Where is the root of doubt? The root of doubt comes from the liar himself. And a liar is a truth thief. Now that father of lies has been easier to believe than the God of truth. And God wants to make this wonderful framework change in every one of us. He wants us to see him for who he really is. And we've kept looking this way to, instead of this way. And because of that, we have these, well, I can't relate to God. I've heard it so many times. I can't relate to God. I had a terrible time with my father on earth. You see that? That's the father of lies talking through that experience. And that father of lies come to steal truth. Steal the truth of the word of God. Take that truth that we have heard that God is good and push it down somewhere. But I don't look at my heavenly father through the eyes of my own father. There were places where my, heavenly, my earthly father did follow God. There were places where he did not follow God. But we are not to follow people as they follow their flesh. <laughs> I know. We know this. We've heard this just last week. We're to follow. And we've been hearing about following them as they follow who? Absolutely. And yet when it came to the Heavenly Father, back we go. We're going to go back and say, well, it didn't compare. Well, it's not like my dad. Time for a change. Time for a change. Time for a change. And the truth is, are we willing? Are we willing to allow those places where we've had this framework of lies be dismantled? 
God wants to make some frame adjustments. Let's look at Psalm 139 before we get too far and you freak out and think, oh, I'm not going to make it through this service today. Yes, you will. Amen. We're going to hear the word and we're going to build a different frame. We're going to learn to follow people as they follow the Lord. If you follow me in my flesh, you go where my flesh goes and that's not good. Amen. But if you follow me as I follow Christ, I'm not afraid to say that you'll find Jesus. You'll find Jesus if you follow me like I follow Christ. Now, there are many times I get challenged and it shouldn't be a challenge to find Psalm 139. It's kind of in the middle, but you'll get there. Amen. It's got, you know, open your Bible in the middle and those who are looking through their electronic devices, welcome to those online who are watching today. You're going to be blessed and there's going to be some framework adjustment. Amen. God wants to heal us. He is Jehovah Rapha, the healer. He's the God that heals. He's the God that heals. And we need our framework healed. If there was ever a strategy of the enemy, it's that framework that he's tried to build through lies. Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me and known me. We could just camp out there all day. You see, there were areas where my earthly father knew me. And often I thought, well, you know, I, I, I would think when I was a teenager, I could lie to him. Never. He always knew. But he would wait for me to come and tell him the truth, which was worse. He was so good at the lecture. I think the lecture was worse than a spanking, to be honest with you. I think, well, not that I'm dishonest, but you follow me in that picture. It's like, oh, when will this lecture ever end? You know, and it would go on and we'd go on and, and then he'd talk about the Lord. Then it would get really irritating. And, and he would just say that. There were times, even though, uh, like I said, he did not follow the Lord perfectly. If we looked at the word and held it up, there were places he missed. But if I held it up against my life, I could tell you there are places I miss. But we're not looking for the misses. We're looking for the hits. Amen. We're looking for that target. Where did they follow? What did they do that was successful? I can tell you that every time he was in trouble, he went to the Lord. Now, that's not a bad thing. I also know when things seemed to be going crazy all around, he would sing and he would worship God. That one element has made such a difference. And this is where my father knew me. Heavenly father and earthly father. This is where I could. He knew me. He knew that if he could just get me worshiping God. There's this pull often in the middle of a challenge. Where we think. I just can't worship God because I'm a mess. Or I've done this. Or this is happening. I remember. Children were very small and we were going through a very challenging time. And I couldn't even think of a song to, to sing. But I remembered both my Heavenly Father and my Father's Word, where they connected, where I followed, praise Him no matter the circumstance. And I began to praise Him. But I, I'm thinking, God, I should sing a song. I know that's what I should do. But I don't feel worthy to sing. I don't feel I'm in the right place to give you honor. I'm such a mess, Jesus. I'm not sure you're, I could even give worthy praise to you. And then I couldn't think of a song anyway. And then I, and then I, and then I started singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And, and, and this little song from Sunday school, 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I start crying. He does love me. Psalm 139. He does love me. Does love me. And I already was in a mess, thinking I didn't, wasn't good enough to worship him. And then the interesting thing happened. A little bit of the framework, how I held my father on earth, adjusted. Because I saw that great, I saw that strength in a different light. How often he told me to do that when you're in trouble, and I just couldn't quite hear him. I just wasn't sure it was the truth. You see, the father of lies had tried to cover that piece of truth. Right? Liars are truth thieves. And that liar, that father of lies, tried to dominate my thinking and, and hold down the very truth that would loose me. But God knows me. He knows how to reach me. He knows how to talk to me. He knows when I'm in a mess, and he still loves me. He knows me when I mess up. He knows me when I do right. But you see, I'd gotten the familiar place with God where I thought he only knew me messed up. And so I began to talk about all the messes in my life, how he knew me in my mess. But when I was doing well, I, I got a little bit away from him and began to think I'm pretty much doing it on my own because I had never heard that God knew me when I did well. And we have become a Christian society, if I say it that way, you understand what I mean, not just believers following, but we've become like society entered, cultural influenced, where all of these things in the worldly talk comes in and we think that our only identification with God is when we're screwed up. And so when I was doing well, I had no attachment to God and soon fell again and kept me in a cycle of survival. I had to know that God knew me when he did well, that he expected me to do well, and know that he knew that and was working it in me, that I could actually live in victory, and that was my destiny. We heard about the victory just at the end of last week's message. I highly encourage you to go back and listen again. Victory is where we are to live. And we need to know that we can throw off our yesterdays by the blood of Jesus and begin to live in that known God who knows us when we do well. If we can let him in in that place, that he knows us in the victory, that he's welcoming us in the victory, it begins to remove the snares of lies that are laid at most of our feet. And we begin to go, hey, that's not for me. And I begin to know God in a different way. When all this time he said, I knew you here. And if you just could hear me here, we could get over that trap. Praise God. You see, he wants to build something different in us. He wants to. We need to know this part of our heavenly father. You know my down sitting and my uprising. You see, it wasn't just the fallen out. It was when we stood up in Jesus. And we've got to know that and allow him to come in and say, you know what? He's walking beside me when I'm doing in my uprising, when I'm doing well, when I'm standing strong, so that we can continue to stand in it and start enjoying it.
and quit apologizing for it. I've heard more apologies for doing well. Well, I'm not trying to take the glory for God. Bless God. You can't. He's not sharing. <laughs> you don't have to be worried about that. <laughs> Amen? He knows you in your uprising. You know that moment when our children have taken a first step, even when some of them that aren't my children, and I've watched some of the children here grow and and uh, something, you know, every now and then these wonderful things come up on Facebook and you'll see something of some baby that we've dedicated and I remember holding them. And then I've seen them walk and then I've heard their first words. And then I saw one raising their hands and telling me just the other day, I've been reading my Bible. I said, well, when you finish this chapter, come to me, we'll have a special gift. I want her to know that we can follow God in his successes and his victories. That that's where he's destined. You see, we've made this place. We can't live in it. We're afraid of victory. We're afraid to live in what God promised. We're afraid to live it. We're thinking if we get there, we're going to fall apart. And partly because there's this lie and it comes out of the money thing. It comes out of the money thing. Well, you know, if you love money, going to take you out. You'll have so much money, you'll start loving money more than God. Really? Yep, so I can't trust me with it because he knows I'm a greedy so-and-so. Mm. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and you're allowed to keep some of it. What do you mean? You're allowed to enjoy the money he gave you? Mm, yeah. You can't really be a blessing until you receive a blessing. How are you supposed to give what you don't have? So we have this weird idea about money. Well, we know that the love of money is the root of all evil, sister. Yeah. Do you love it or do you love God? God got lots of money. He's not worried about it. He's not love with it. And he's not full of evil. Hmm? Streets are gold. He's not in love with it. He's walking on it. Yeah, we're going somewhere here. We're going to get the uprising. You understand my thoughts? <laughs> Sometimes we're like, please don't, God. <laughs> but he does. You compassed my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. And see, even when I say, oh, he's acquainted with all my ways, and immediately there are some of us who begin listing all of our unworthy qualities. Do you know even my earthly father didn't do that? My earthly father didn't do that, never. Some of us have fathers that are not saved, and they didn't do it either. They didn't make a list of everything you did wrong. Now, it sounds like when they lecture you, you did. But the lecture only comes because they've seen something in you that could do well, and they're trying to get your attention so you will. That tended to be what the lecture was. That's why we don't like it. We don't like the lecture because it reveals the thing we should be doing that we're not. Our earthly fathers see our potential, born again or not. Their methods of getting us there are not always wise. But even them, they have, have not wanted evil for our life. 
They may have done evil and been full with evil. But that's not where we're at today. We've got to change some of how we've seen this whole picture and begin to identify where they followed God. Mm, 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 mm. So if he knows all of our ways, he knows all our ways. He knows we can do something right. It's why he prods us. Go this way. Go this way. Go this way. Go. He knows we can. He's put something good inside of us. Amen. For there is not a word in my tongue, but you, O oh Lord, you know it all together. And you see, this is why I wanted to bring this up today. Because we're so stuck, every verse that comes up, I can hear by the Spirit of God, so many get stuck in all the negatives. God doesn't want you to live there. This is not a lecture of everything you've done wrong today. This is like, oh my goodness, he does see something good in me. And are we allowed to enjoy it? Are we allowed to say, hey, there is a quality in me that he put in me that he expects to work. As Pastor Anne had said this morning, there are things, there go, go. There's things he's put in you that will work. They will work. They'll work. If the Heavenly Father, who is only good, puts something in you, it can't be all bad. <laughs> How could it be? It's impossible for him to give you something bad when he's only good. But that's another message. We could just talk about that for a long time. And I know this. It takes hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And I don't always like hearing it. But I know that when faith comes, then, then I'm, when I get irritated, I'm almost there to faith. Just about the time, I don't want to hear that ever again. I'm just devoting faith. I need to hear it one more time, usually. And just that's just how I'm made. And God knows I don't particularly care for that method of learning, but it works because faith comes by hearing, not just once. Amen? <laughs> so go back and underline that in my Bible. Amen? If you, I do have it underlined in my Bible. It should be underlined in yours. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if you look it up in the Greek, it's like it's the continual hearing. Because while I have faith today, I may need some more tomorrow, probably will, amen. Going to need a freshness of that day, amen. Such knowledge, oh, verse 5, you have beset me behind and, and before and laid thine hand upon me. Okay, he's not laying it on you as a spanking. Oh, absolutely. It is protection. He is not the principal with that big long rod, that wooden thing that was so nasty. That is not our God. And we have come to relate to him as only the person who disciplines us rather than the person who loves us, who has victory, who paid everything so we could be free. And we go, well, I don't know if that's for me. Can I just throw off my yesterdays and step into it? And But don't I have to fix this? And don't I have to fix that? I can tell you as someone who had survival mentality. I used to have this thing. I called it a dare, dare, dare you to love me syndrome. I'd tell you every nasty thing that I'd ever done and thought in all my life and dare you to love me. And then if you didn't, I'd go, there, you're not very good Christian. That was my teenage years. Sometimes I knew the word of God a little too much. 
<laughs> and, I didn't, and I used it poorly against myself. So if I got here and was able to have the Lord break me out of survival mentality and the dare to love me syndrome, I can tell you the blood of Jesus will work for you. I didn't owe it anything. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't get out of it. Those restraints were on me, and I knew they were restraints, but I needed something more than just a, you know, bless me prayer. I needed him to come down, change all of heaven, get out of his heavenly throne. I needed him to step down, meet me in my own little chair, in my own little corner, and do a little special thing for me. Nope. Didn't work that way. Did not. I had to make a decision to just step out of it. You know, kind of like when somebody's rescuing you, you know, and if you're stuck in the water and they send out a, a life ring, you actually have to hold it, let them pull you out. There was an old hymn they used to sing, throw out the lifeline. I thought I needed five, I just needed one. Good morning. We're learning about our Heavenly Father who's only good. He's only good. He wasn't my physician. He wasn't my kindergarten teacher. And he surely wasn't my dentist. <laughs> Look at verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. And this is where I was stuck. I cannot attain unto it. You see, I was trying with all my might to be good for God. Yeah, I'm the only one that ever tried that right. And I didn't realize as I allowed him in and allowed him to work and allowed the blood of Jesus to do what it says it will do. But you see, I didn't quite understand the power of the blood. I thought, well, I got born again. I used it. You know, it's a one-use thing. You know, here's your car with the blood of Jesus. You use it once, you're in, that's it. You know, it's a one-time one only card, you know. Yeah, it has one use. That's it. You're done. I didn't know I needed it probably every second of every day, really. <laughs> you know, because I love the word of God, I tortured myself with scriptures like, to him who knoweth to do sin and doeth not, to him it's sin. I was like, oh, come on, blood of Jesus. <laughs> I, I could think of a lot of reasons, you know, all unrighteousness is sin. There you go, man. <laughs> I just, I was hurting myself. Even my earthly father didn't do that. Amen. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, and, and I can walk in the love of God if I just get out of my head. You see, God wants to burn off today the framework we've had of earthly fathers and get the framework he has laid out about who he is and have that be formed in our life so that we can know when he gave his only son how precious it was. And as we receive the work of his only son, it begins to do a work and, it, and we can leave yesterday. We can leave our faults. We can leave our ways of doing things and come into his higher ways. That's the work of the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to need it more than just my ticket to heaven. And so will you. And as we begin to come into that understanding, we say, I love where it says in, in Isaiah, he says there are highways, Isaiah 35, there's a highway and a way. He didn't just make a highway where no beast goes in and where the ransom of the Lord goes singing, which is another good idea. Uh, a good God kind of good, not good natural kind of good, a good God idea. He says, a highway and a way. And a way. 
He didn't make a highway and they take, but none of you can walk there. It's going to be really hard. You're going to have to die five times over. Yeah, you know what? You probably will have to die to self, but that's not the, like the, the morning crew that comes in. And I mean not the morning that gets up when the sun does. I'm the kind of morning I'm going to have to die to self, Pastor. I'm going to put ashes on my going fasting for 40 days. Eventually, I'll know what sin is. Oh, Pastor, I'm going to die to myself. Myself is so bad. I can't even see myself. I, I look in the mirror and it's like, oh, there it is. I'm dying to self. Get the ashes. <laughs> Don't shave. Ladies, please keep shaving. We get in these ideas, and bless the Lord, he's been trying to shake it out of us and build his proper framework in us. Amen? My, 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 my. But what about that dying to self thing? Shouldn't I die to self? Yes, you should, but there's a better way. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 is a great way. He says, what does it say? Everybody should know this verse. Well, I know some of you do. The word of God is quick and powerful. I believe you read it even last week. Quick and powerful. Sharper to the, no, you didn't. Uh, sharper to the dividing asunder of the joints and the marrow is a what? A discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. So the very word of God has the power to divide your flesh. The word of God is supernatural. It does supernatural work. It doesn't do earthly work. Your fathers on the earth do earthly work. Where they follow God, they do heavenly things. Your heavenly father does supernatural work in us. It is not something that you and I can clearly define other than the fact it's supernatural. Now, you see, this is where the liar comes in and the father of lies, and he will try to get you to doubt the supernatural abilities of God. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about, it. oh, God is big. He's all powerful, la, 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 but he can't change my situation. Hmm. Liar. Thieving the truth of the word of God and God's supernatural power to change what we cannot change ourselves. Wow. Oh, I don't like liars. <laughs> I don't like the father of lies. And I'm telling you about it so you can see that strategy. If you step back, you can see for years there has been a strategy to take out the men of this world and base our understanding of God on natural men and laid a weight on them, their shoulders were never designed to carry, nor can they. Now they can follow God, and we can follow God in them and after them. But I'm not comparing my supernatural, all-powerful, all-knowing God to someone on earth. I'm going to allow the very power of the word of God to divide my life. I'm not going to torture myself trying to die to something I don't know anything about. But I'm going to allow the word of God to come in, water my soul, fix my soul. Believe it can change me. Believe it can change my thoughts. Believe it can show me where I've been in the flesh and where I've actually been in God. It wants to tell me, you're in God, people. You're a supernatural people. It's trying to tell us we have a supernatural God that wants to work supernatural things in us and through us. Let it divide. 
let it do its supernatural work. It's trying to burn off those old ways that we've embraced without even our understanding. It's like it just became a part of life. There's our experience frame, and we're walking in it. Mm. You having fun yet? Verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy presence, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? I don't know why we want to get out of the presence of God sometimes. Not a good idea. Amen. Not a good idea. But you see, it's because we go back to the framework. We go back. That liar says, you can't be in his presence. You're a mess. But Hebrews 4, 16 doesn't say that. Come boldly to the throne of grace. This is where the survival cycle was broken in my life. When I, I realized that one day, oh, I just come to him. I tried to fix myself. I did the books. I did the thing. I, you know, listened to lots of tapes, read lots and lots of scripture. But I read it from a perspective of, I'm going to do this and fix me, rather than, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to me through it. See the difference? And you see, when I allowed it to work that way, I said, God, I'm, I'm just coming just as I am. And boom. I, 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 I know, he's going to love me anyway. He loved me already. It's like he knew my thoughts. He knew me. He knew my ways. And he still loves me. So chances are, it's time to let him do his thing in me. Amen? Amen. 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 So whether I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, oh, man, he's watching that too. Everywhere I go, if I take the wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, verse 10, shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. I cannot even begin to tell you how many times I had that little, you should turn there. You should go this way to work today. Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. I'm always glad when I do. Like, whoa, that was good. I was reading a story, uh, uh, I'm reading uh, Lindsay Roberts' book, uh, uh, Oral Roberts' daughter-in-law. And in it, she's telling about a story how the Lord told her to go back and buy some dress she'd been looking at. And she goes, God, I don't need that dress. And I need to get home for the babysitter, et cetera, et cetera. And there were other things she needed to do. And she knew that the person looking after her children had a time schedule. And like, you need to go back and buy that dress. She goes, well, I was going to give it away anyway. And I can go get it tomorrow. But it's like, you need to go back. And after three times, she thought, and she really felt it was a Holy Spirit leader. Go back and get that dress. Now, if it was me and God was telling me to go get a dress, I think I'm agreeing quicker, you know. <laughs> She went back and got the dress. And she was in and out. She knew where it was. So she went in and bought it. And it didn't take very long. Because she knew where it was and what to do. She, and, and at that time, the very place where she was, where she turned around, there was a horrific accident. Traffic accident. That did not have a good ending. And she would have been right in the middle of it. God knows how to lead you. Even when you're a mess. And she was in a hurry. She was, a, you know, parenting and doing all those things. Mamas, God will keep you safe. Fathers, God will keep you safe. You know, turn that way. Yes, I need to pick up my child from school, but there's this thing you need to do on the path. It's okay. 
God will get you where you need to be safely. Safe arrival, people. If I take, uh, verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. So even when you think that's it, I'm like, I'm stuck in a dark hole. There is darkness everywhere, but the light of God. Why? When you're a believer, you are never in complete darkness. How could it be possible? Well, Jesus is the light. And if you're born again, you have light somewhere. You may not think it in your head, but it's in your heart. You will never be in complete darkness when you're born again. You will never be in complete darkness when you're born again. Hear me. You will never be in complete darkness when you're born again. It's impossible. Jesus is the light. Where he is, there is light. Amen? Come on. Even in your darkest hour, so to speak, when you feel like it's not going well, there is light. There is light. There is light. We are getting to know our wonderful God. Why? Yea, the darkness hides not from thee. The night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Darkness troubles God? Well, I don't know. They got pretty dark, you know, Pastor. They, they were so dark, my goodness me. They were dark. And God started to get worried. And he started to feel a little anxious. And he thought, well, that's it. I'm going to get up from my throne because that thing is really dark and I'm going to have to do something about it. Right. Because he's a problem where darkness... No. Yeah. It's a fly. He just goes, you know, he just moves a little bit. Light everywhere. But we have become accustomed to the lies of yesterday's framework of experience. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Hallelujah. Verse 13, for you have possessed my reins. You covered me even in my mother's wombs. Verse 14, I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knows right well. Now, I got excited about that part because finally your brain is catching up. Because sometimes we don't engage our thinking part. And we've got all these things. And here we've heard God knows us. He, is, he knows everything. He is, he is all-knowing God. Darkness is not a problem for him because he is um, omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Darkness doesn't got a stitch on God. Amen. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-good. I like to just insert that one because it's my favorite. <laughs> I know it doesn't necessarily say that, but he's all-good because he's only good. And then he made us in his wonderful image. Isn't that a heartbreak of our society today? We look in the mirror and we start picking ourselves apart. Man, you know, this little wrinkle here. Or, oh, you know, one of my ears is a little bit different than the other one. And you always know when you go to get glasses because they're all going to fix them. And you look at your glasses afterwards, you know, and you hold them up and you go, well, not these ones because they're dollar store. 
And, uh, you know, you look at them and you go, whoa. They, they try to straighten out your glasses or something and you see, whoa, and one ear is really lower than the other. And if you ever look at, if you take a picture and you see your earrings, ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> I don't know about those big round things. Like, I know some of the guys are wearing them, but I don't know. Bless you. We just walk away. Anyway, when you look at the earrings, you can see that your ears are not the same. If I were to draw a line down myself, you would find that my right side is very different than my left. You'd find the same. But we don't complain about it. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made in his image. I'm not, I gotta love who God made. We're so busy picking it apart, we forgot God loved us. And you know, some of us are not little tiny things. Some of us are. <laughs> God loved us anyway. We pick at it. I don't like this, God. I don't like him. You know, sometimes we don't tell God, but we tell our friend like he didn't hear that conversation. <laughs> I'd really like to change this bit. Could you work on it? We pull ourselves apart. But that's not the framework he wants us to operate in. Can we see that when he made us and informed us, and we begin to see this part where he's trying to draw us, to come into the image he's created for us on this earth. I'm not going to compare him, and I hope none of you do anymore. That he is the great physician not to be compared to any physician on earth. He is my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is my provider. Hallelujah. He knows everything about me, and he's not moved by it. He knows I can do well, and he knows you can. He knows you can do well. He set a path before you full of spikes, rocks, and everything so that you can trip over them, fall on your face, and pray that the rapture comes today. He did. And he even tells us about it. Well, we all know Psalm 91. He takes his angels and sets them before us. He removes everything, so I won't trip over it. Good. How about believing it? Let's not just quote scriptures anymore. Let's own them. Let them pour out of our heart with the reality of knowing our God has created a great place for every one of us. That we can love who he made us. And look in the mirror and not feel ashamed. I don't feel ashamed anymore. God did that work. I let him. Oh. Oh. That's the problem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In Corinthians, it talks about comparing ourselves among ourselves and that it's unwise. I thought that's a very kind word for stupid. <laughs> Pastor Neil, if he stood beside me, he was like, he a tall, thin one. <laughs> I husky. <laughs> God made me that way. When I was younger, he used that just the way he made me to be able to do some things that other people couldn't do because I was a little shorter. I could get under engines and fix them. And I was strong enough that I could turn wrenches. I actually changed a timing chain on a Dodge van myself on the road in somebody's garage in a barn. I learned a lot that day. I got out a book and I just did it because somebody had to do it. I had tools. I'll just give this a whistle. Barry was uh, living in Houston, British Columbia, not Texas. And so 
I, I phone him up. I got stuck in this part. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm changing a timing chain. He's like, what? <laughs> all right, all right, okay. La, 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 la. Did you do this and this and this? I said, I did. <laughs> I was really glad I accidentally got the thing to top dead center. And if you know what that means, it was like a total accident. I didn't know, but it was. <laughs> so praise the Lord, everything went back together and started the first time. So God is good. But because of the way God made me and formed me and the things I walked through, I was able to, in these circumstances, do things I couldn't have done. He made me this way. He made you the way you are to do the things he's put in front of you. Some of us have different strengths than others. Um, I remember somebody said to me, you're kind of like a bulldozer, Pastor. <laughs> All right. And, and initially I was like, oh, but that's who God made me. And he has used this in many ways to stand and to go through things and to have the doors open that he wanted to open for me. Now, he may not do that with you. And you're probably thinking, praise the Lord. But there are things that he's made you for, that he's made you in his image for, that are good and wise. The courage is, do you have courage to leave what you know about you behind so that you can grab a hold of who he's made you? A good question. I was thinking this morning, uh, just before Pastor Anne, when she was collecting the offering, and she said something about holding things in your hand. And I know this. If I'm holding and my hands are full, I can't put any more in them. And often in my life, they've been full of experiences. Not all of them bad. Some experiences were really, really good. And then I tried to use them today. I didn't get God's freshness on it. I needed God's solution today. It was wonderful that the Lord's used me, and I've seen many people healed. That was really wonderful. But if you need healing today, and it's not flowing, and I haven't yielded to that, and the Lord's not using me in that, when you're sick, that's not good. I can't use what he did through me yesterday for today. I need to empty my hands before him every time I come to him. Say, you know what? Your ways are higher than mine. And I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of messages. And I could say I learned a few things. And the best lesson I've learned is, be quiet, Gwen. I've got something new for you today. Now it's new to me, but it's not new to him. Because there's nothing new under the sun where God's concerned. But some of it's new to me. We learn to walk in it. We learn to love this God. We learn to love the framework he's endeavoring to work in every one of us. Where we begin to see our heavenly father according to the word and not the world. We can do this. We can step into it. He wants this. This scripture popped out to me. Cease my son. To hear the instruction that causes to err. From words of knowledge. It's in Proverbs 19, 27. And I thought, what a decision. What a powerful decision. We're going to just stop hearing crazy junk. And we're going to have to stop talking crazy junk. Can we hear the voice of instruction so that he can make that arrangement? So that he can change how we view, how we walk, how we talk. And experience the victory that was bought for every one of us through his Son's, his only son's blood. We need the blood of Jesus. 
And as we allow it to work in our life, the very things we talked about, the supernatural power of God will begin to work through us. And he can make those changes. You see, one of the things that we've learned in Psalm 139 that doesn't say it specifically, but it is written within the words, is that God is everywhere and all the time. And he's everywhere today all the time. We're not always aware of his presence. Sometimes we have those days. But let's have a few more. I'm going to throw that off days. And the question is, you see, even as we talk about these things, can I really enter into the promises knowing my current circumstances? Some of you may have some tremendous financial pressures in your life. And lots of times we think in that moment of pressure or whatever's happening, our circumstances or situations, can we really let go and just worship God for a moment? Absolutely. It's not doing you any good thinking about it anyway. It's not changing your current situation by you rattling it around in your head. I have experience in this. It's better to just let it go. I, I couldn't come up with a solution in my natural self. But as I spent time in his presence, those things I could see different. And indeed, he has worked a different framework in my life. And I'm not ashamed of it. It's a good thing. I walk in victory. But that's what we're all waiting for. Yes, Pastor, we know you walk in victory, but no buts. No buts. No buts. Absolutely constant victory. Because if the blood of Jesus has really worked, only I will ever know. Jesus is never bringing it up against me anymore. And only we do. And we don't have to. We don't have to. We have to learn to see through victory eyes. Through victory one. W-O-N. N-O-N-E. He is the one. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And we can stand in that. I'm going to pray today for you. That those things where the world is trying to influence say, you'll never get past this. Don't you know your past? Well, you know what? I've got a heavenly father. He said he knew about all that stuff anyway. I believe in God today. That Holy Spirit's going to do a work that erases those kinds of frameworks in your life. He wants to build a new one. We see that there is a place where the fathers need to come into their realm and walk in it again. And I believe that as the wrong things come off their shoulders, the weights the world's tried to put on them, that they will come into a greater degree of fathering that they've been called to walk in. You see... It's been wrong what we've done. Putting a weight on them. Looking at them saying, well, you're not like God. And they are. They are. Let us follow them as they have followed the Lord. And believe for them to walk in their high call. Unashamed. Moved. Standing in it with strength, anointing, and might. By Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.